What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? This is Charles Specht, and welcome to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. My name is Charles Specht. I am the host, and welcome to episode number two. We're going to be talking about the 12X mindset. 12X mindset. How's your mindset as an insurance agent? Where's your thinking at? What's your thought process? How is your confidence level at this time, or are you overwhelmed? Where exactly are you at in regards to your insurance career? Are you actually just sort of skating by? Are you hungry? Are you like a hunter? Or maybe you're one of those producers who have had success in the past, but you've had your foot off the gas pedal. Cruise control is what you've been on for the longest time, and you almost forget what it feels like to actually win the hunt, to hear a prospect say, yes, I want to do business with you. Maybe that's where you're at, but maybe you're also on fire. Maybe right now you're on fire and you're actually out there prospecting. You're writing new business. You're hearing the word yes. You're winning new clients. You're building your book. That is a very good place to be. So wherever you're at, I'm glad that you have tuned in, that we are going to be talking about the 12X mindset today. And the goal is to always help you guys to be able to figure out how to prospect, how to message, how to uncover the pains when you're visiting with your prospects in the appointment, how to actually secure the markets that you want, how to ask for the broker of record letter and hopefully get awarded that broker of record letter on that first appointment or maybe the second or the third, but at some point to be awarded the signature on a piece of paper. That is the permission. And let me just also tell you, that's the trophy. If you collect signed broker of record letters, you need to take those, you need to put them in frames, frame them all around your office. That becomes the absolute most valuable wallpaper on planet earth. A signed broker of record letter says, I trust you. A signed broker of record letter says, you have my permission to represent me. A signed broker of record letter says, you are now the one that I am trusting with my insurance policies, my risk management going forward. It really means almost everything. And so we're going to talk about that, but specifically, not even really talking about so much about the broker of record letter, but we'll definitely get into that. What we're going to be talking about a whole lot more is specifically mindset. Mindset. I'm going to be talking about the 12X mindset. That's the kind of mindset that we need to be talking about. It is... Well, it's kind of like talking about 12Xing your book of business. 
you know, it would be great to have, for example, let's say a hundred thousand dollar book of business, and then you bring that up to one point two million. That twelve x, absolutely. I love to be able to help insurance agents go after different accounts, bigger accounts, and build their book up. But I'm not necessarily talking about twelve x in regards to the size of the account. What I'm talking about is a twelve x mindset that says that I'm going to be doing one thing per month for 12 consecutive months. I'm going to be getting one of these per month, and it's a broker of record letter based upon the type of account and size of the account that you want to go after. You get one of those per month, if you will. 12 in a year, you then are a proud card-carrying member of the 12x.club. 12x club. That's really where I'm teaching insurance agents. That's what I'm teaching them how to do to get 12 new clients over the course of a year by a signed broker of record letter in order to become a million dollar insurance producer. But with all of that said, before you even ever get to the ask, hashtag ask for the sale, before you ever get to the ask, there's some things that you actually have to do in order to be well prepared for it. So I want you to think about it for, exa- for a moment. What are some of the basic things? That you as an insurance producer have to do in order to better your position, in order to better yourself so that you will be more likely to get appointments and then to win those prospects into actual clients. What are the things that you have to do? You know, one of the things that I would usually ask a brand new producer whenever they contact me and they're thinking about hiring me as their insurance sales trainer, I will ask them a basic question. It'll be something like this. You know, Bob, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, but let's do this. I want you to answer a question based upon me potentially being your prospect. And so, Bob, let's say, for example, you come into my office, and this is the first time we're meeting, and I look you across the desk and I say, Bob, I appreciate you being here today, uh, but I've had my insurance agent for the last four years now, and you know they've done a decent job. But I guess my question is, why would I want to fire my current agent and hire you? Why would I want to do that, Bob? Well, Bob better have a pretty good answer to that. And frankly, Bob and all the Bobs out there do not tend to have very good answers to that. In fact, we might call this your value differentiation. We might refer to this as the carrot, the reason why somebody would want to do business with you. And here's the thing. As I mentioned, even in the first episode, most insurance buyers are like four-year-olds when it comes to understanding insurance. They just don't get it. They don't know what is different about you compared to everybody else. And so when they see you, they see someone who basically provides the same kind of services as their current agent. And so then why should they fire their current agent and hire you? It's a big ask. It comes down to the value. What is it that you, as the insurance agent, what is so good about you and what's so good about your agency? Now, here's the problem. Many agents can't actually articulate that. They don't know actually what separates them from the competition. They almost pause when I ask them that question because uh, with a little bit of a giggle, they might say, well, you know, Charles, I, I, I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm calling. I, I don't really know. I don't know why somebody would choose me or my agency. And you know, I, I don't really know exactly what we have to offer and so forth. And I can appreciate the honesty. In fact, I've really only ever heard a good answer one or two times out of all the various hundreds of insurance producers that I've spoken to. But I want you just to get this. Now, please listen. 
If you haven't turned up the volume, right now is a very good time. Turn up the volume. I'm about to say something very important, and you need to get this. If you can understand this, this is really going to help you figure out how to actually prospect better. Okay? Get this. If you can't articulate to your prospect about what makes you different and what makes you better, Please understand your prospect will never be able to figure it out for themselves. Ever. And so whatever answer you give to that particular question, why should I fire my current agent and hire you? It better be good. It better be a good answer. Because that's the one thing that is going to separate you in the insured's mind about why they should fire the agent that they've had for the last two years or 15 years or 20 years or four years, whatever it is. That's the reason why they would fire the other agent and hire you. Because please, let's make sure that we're very clear with our terminology here. Whether you go through a quoting process and win the business or they sign a broker of record letter before the quoting process, at some point in that process, they have to make a willful decision that they are going to fire the other agent and hire you. They have to decide in their own minds that they're going to have that difficult conversation with their other agent. That they're going to say, you know, um, you know, Samantha, I really appreciate having you as my agent over these last few years, but you know, I just want to let you know that I've made a business decision and I'm not going to have you as my agent any longer. Like that's a very difficult thing to do. Most insureds don't want to have that conversation. They would much rather, as we talked about it even in the last episode, peace of mind. They would much rather pay a little bit more than really have to deal with that stress and that difficult conversation. So at the end of the day, whether you're going through a quoting process or you're asking for the broker of record letter, even in that very first appointment, what you're really asking for is, will you please fire your current agent and hire me instead? Now you can sugarcoat it. You can change the words around. You can play semantics, but at the end of the day, that's what's happening. They're going to have to fire the other agent in order for you to get hired. Somebody has to get fired in order for you to be hired. So are there some things that you as an insurance agent can do to put yourself in a better position so that the insured would understand why you're different, why you're better, and so that when you finally get to the ask, even in that first conversation with them, that first meeting, when you finally get to asking them for the business, is there something you can do to put yourself in such a unique light so that they will get it? I actually think that there are. I think that there are some things that you can do. I think there are some things that the average insurance buyer is looking for. Sometimes they know it's what they're looking for. Many times they don't. But if you can actually show it to them, it's almost as if a light bulb goes off in their mind and it's like, ding, ding, ding. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for the whole time. And so... There's a few things that we need to actually figure out about what we need to do beforehand so that you can become a card-carrying member of the 12X Club. It's mindset. It starts with mindset. Prospecting. Prospecting is a numbers game. Selling insurance, that's a relationship game. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. Prospecting is a numbers game. Selling insurance is a relationship game. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you can just walk into somebody's office and ask for the signed broker of record letter and expect to get it. That is uh, rude. That is rude unless you've done 
the uncovering work, unless you've done the diligent work that needs to be done. But you can't just walk into somebody's office and expect that to happen. That's not how it works. You actually have to go through the process. To be a card-carrying member of the 12X Club means that you are doing the work. You're going to be ethical. You're going to be open. You're going to be transparent. And you're going to actually have these things in order so that when it finally comes to the ask, you're going to hear it, yes, more often than not. Now, even before we get into, like, there's four things I want to kind of talk about here when it comes to the 12X mindset. But before that, I want to give you some basic some basic statistics, at least uh, based upon my experience as an insurance producer for about 10 years, but particularly as a consultant working with insurance buyers for the last 10 years, and then also obviously working with just insurance agents over the last seven or so years as a sales trainer and agency consultant. So here are some basic percentages that, again, these aren't hard, fast percentages. This is my basic opinion. My basic opinion is that on average, about 15% of insurance buyers out there right now are not happy, satisfied, or loyal to their current agent, and they would sign your broker of record letter immediately if they knew you were an option. If they knew it was an option, they would sign it. 15% are just not happy. They're not happy with the producer. The producer hasn't fulfilled his or her promises in regards to pro providing services. They're not happy with the insurance provider at the agency. They're not happy with the account manager. The account manager makes them feel bad every time they call for a certificate of insurance. It almost makes them feel like they're being a bother. Maybe they don't like the carrier. The carrier did a bad job on the audit or dropped the ball on a claim. Whatever it is, they're just not happy. They want to make a switch. 15% of those would immediately sign your broker of record letter in that first meeting if they knew it was an option. But let me just tell you, most of them don't know it's an option. Most insurance buyers don't even know the broker of record letter exists. We'll talk about that in a minute. But 15% are right now not happy, not satisfied, not loyal to their current agent. I would tell you probably there's about another 15% who are so loyal, so committed to that, their current agent, that you will never get the business no matter how much better your policy is or how much you actually save them an annual premium. They are married to their agent. It literally is their spouse or it's their brother-in-law or it's their college buddy, and they are never, ever going to leave them. Now, that doesn't mean they won't meet with you. Oh, they might meet with you to actually gather intel to kind of figure out what's happening out there in the marketplace, maybe even work to get some quotes so that they can bring those quotes to their current agent. So they'll still meet with you. They're just never going to do business with you. When you find those people, run. Waste of time, right? Those people would be a waste of time. It's hard to figure them out, but many of them probably won't meet with you. But those that do, you got to be careful. Don't go down that quoting process, which is why I always say you don't ever want to quote for a non-client. Okay, so 15% will sign your broker of record letter even on that first meeting if they knew it was an option. Another 15% are married to their agent. They will never give you their business. That leaves about 70% of the average insurance business owners who are out there, and they are somewhere on the spectrum between being absolutely unhappy and being absolutely happy. They are somewhere on the spectrum to being completely neutral or somewhere being closer to unhappy or somewhere closer to being happy. 70% of those buyers that are out there. Those are all the ones who are going to get quotes, for example. Those are 
are the ones who are definitely going to meet and they're going to meet and probably get some quotes either from one agent or multiple agents. And so you always have to be trying to pre-qualify them to kind of figure out where you're at. Every Everything that you do, every question you ask, every telephone call, every email is a point of positioning. You're trying to position yourself in a better light, in a better position, stronger position, so that you can win the business, whether you go through a quoting process or you ask for the sign broker record letter. So I just want you to understand that there are a lot of insurance buyers out there right now who are not happy with their current agent. They are significantly not happy, or they are somewhat not happy, or they're just absolutely neutral. They're just like, well, you know, my agent is good. My agent's not bad. Um, you know, it, it's just I'm, I'm kind of neutral. Those, all of those ones who are neutral, all the way towards leaning to the other end of the spectrum where they're not happy, are a tremendous opportunity for you for a broker of record letter. If you position yourself wisely in all the communication and in the appointment, and then you strategically and ethically ask for the business via sign broker of record letter. But before I even dive into some of these four keys for the 12X mindset, I just need to remind you. When you think about the broker of record letter, you have to understand that your insured and all the insureds that are out there, for the most part, have likely never heard of a broker of record letter or an agent of record letter, wherever you're located in the United States. They haven't heard of a BOR. And that makes sense. Frankly, it does make sense. Because they would only hear from it from a, a, a couple of different places, really. Um, as the incumbent agent, as the current agent, I would venture to guess that you have probably never said to one of your own clients, you know, Bob, I um, you know, really appreciate you having me as a client, but let's say, for example, I dropped the ball really bad. Here's a blank broker of record letter, and you can sign this and give this to somebody else if I do a bad job. So I suspect you probably never had that kind of a conversation with your current agent. In other words, where I'm going with this is that the incumbent agent does not educate their clients on a broker of record letter. They don't tell them what it is. They don't tell them what it represents. They just don't even talk about it. Now, the other place, the insurance carrier. Well, the current carrier, as well as all the other competing carriers out there, they're not telling their policyholders about broker of record letters. They're not saying, hey, we appreciate you having you as a policyholder, but if your agent Bob drops the ball, does a bad job, here's a letter you can sign and you can go find yourself another agent. The, pol the carrier doesn't tell the policyholder about a broker of record letter. And so they don't hear about it. They don't hear about it from anybody who are the main people that they deal with with regards to insurance. Nobody's out there, for the most part, doing commercials on television or radio talking about a broker of record letter. It is a very technical issue, and insurance buyers simply just don't hear about it. So really, the only way that an insurance buyer would likely hear about a broker of record letter and even understand what it is, is if they actually heard about it from a competing agent. Another insurance agent who's not the incumbent tells them about a broker of record letter and what it is. But you know what I found? I found that the vast majority of insurance agents never are thinking about a broker of record letter when they're doing their prospecting and really never talk to the insured about signing a broker of record letter. In other words, they're not using it in their prospecting. They're not using it as a tool. They're not thinking about it. They're just happy to go through a quoting process. They're just glad somebody set an appointment with them. And so they're happy to go through a quoting process. So the vast majority of your competitors out there have never actually educated the insured on what a broker record letter is. 
And if I can even put it a different way, is that for those agents who actually have talked about the broker record letter, I have typically found that the vast majority of them don't do a very good job discussing it, talking about it, or educating the insured on exactly what it is. And they almost come across as rude asking for a broker of record letter when they haven't yet done the important work of finding the problems, uncovering the pains, offering their solutions, and then ask for the broker of record letter. They almost just come on out and just ask for it. It's almost as if like you're, you're walking into a restaurant. Guy walks into a restaurant. He sees this beautiful woman across the room. He walks across the room, and instead of asking, say, hey, can I, you know, can I take you out for dinner or something like that, he just walks up, gets down on one knee, and says, would you marry me? That would be creepy and awkward, and frankly, that's the creepy and awkward movement that an insurance agent does when they ask for the broker record letter and have not done the necessary work of uncovering the pains, figuring out the problems, going through your solutions, and then asking for it in a very ethical and transparent way. So we have to actually realize that from the insured's perspective, things need to be done for us to even choose you as the agent. Again, now I didn't realize this even back when I was an insurance agent. I just kind of assumed that insurance buyers understood what the broker of record letter was. And certainly back when I was an agent, I got broker of record letters. I received them. I, there was times in which I asked for them and didn't get them. But if I really look back on my insurance career as an insurance broker, I didn't really ask for the broker of record letter much certainly not as often as I should, and I never really began to understand its power as a tool when it comes to prospecting. I really only began to understand the power of the broker of record letter when I became a consultant and I started working with the insurance buyers because I realized that the broker of record letter is really what they want. They want to be able to sign something that they can put all of their hope and trust in the right person. They want to have that peace of mind. And to sign the broker of record letter is to receive their permission. They want to actually do that. They don't know what it's called. But that's what they want. And so I began to just really sort of figure this out, not only of having been a broker for 10 years, but also particularly being an insurance consultant to the insurance buyer. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. So, when it comes to being a card-carrying member of the 12x.club, and that's a website, by the way, go to www.12x.club, 12x.club, and you're going to find some information about how we actually teach this. But when it comes to this mindset, there are basically four things, and if you do these four things, you are going to be ultra-successful. You're going to be well on your way, if not already having built your book of business up to a million dollars or more. What are these four things? Well, I'm glad you asked, because here they are. The first one is stop offering quotes. Just stop it. Stop that nonsense. Stop offering quotes to people who don't know you, like you, and trust you. 
Stop offering quotes to people who are suspects rather than clients. Look, stop offering quotes to people who do not pay you yet, if you will. When, when you have a client, you're going to go out and get as many quotes as you possibly need. When you have a client, if they even sign your broker record letter, you're going to go out and get as many quotes as they possibly could need. You will blanket the marketplace. You will uncover every single stone and you will get every absolute quote that is needed for your client once they're a client. But before they're a client, don't offer quotes. You don't have to offer quotes. That's not what you're supposed to do. Insurance agents don't offer quotes. Underwriters offer quotes. Insurance agents don't offer quotes. We provide service. Stop offering quotes. Can you imagine how much time you will save in your entire insurance career if you stopped offering quotes for non-clients? Just stop. You don't have to go down that path. Save yourself some time. In fact, I would even tell you that I kind of believe that it's quasi-unethical to offer quotes to non-clients. Here's what I mean by this. You ask the average underwriter, do they want to receive a submission from the incumbent agent or uh, uh, an agent who doesn't control the business? They want to receive it from the one who controls the business. And when you submit something to an insurance carrier, many times the underwriter will either email you or give you a call. And one of the first questions they'll ask you is, do you control the business? Why would they ask that? Well, because they know that 92% of the time, whoever is the current agent is the one that is going to retain that business. That agent is going to renew their client. They might place it with a different carrier, but they're going to keep the business. And so they are, as an underwriter, they are much more likely to win the business if the agent that has submitted it to them is the one who controls the business. And so if the current agent is going to keep it 92% of the time, that means then you, as a competing agent, you've got an 8% shot at winning the business here. And if a third agent comes in the mix, you now have a 4% shot because the incumbent agent is still getting her 92%. And so that leaves 8% now for you two guys who are going through the whole quoting process. It's just not a very smart move. You don't have to quote. You do have to uncover problems, find the pains, present your solutions, ask for the business. So stop offering quotes. That's really the first thing. And just, I mean, can you imagine how liberating this would be? How much time consuming it is to, to gather loss runs and to put out all those apps and then also you know, burning your relationships with your underwriters and burning the relationships with your marketing people and, and your account managers and your CSRs and they're having to do all that paperwork and lo and behold, you don't win the business. One after another, you don't win it. You don't win it. You don't win it. And then when you get quotes from your underwriters and you present and then you don't get it, you have to like go back to those underwriters and say, yeah, I'm sorry you spent so much time on it, but we didn't get it. Guess what that does to your relationship with your underwriters? It hurts the relationship. Whenever you have, for example, a sales rep from the carrier come in to do the annual summary on what they have done with you guys, they'll say, you know, we received 73 submissions. Uh, we provided 27 quotes. We only won twice. I mean, I have heard that so many times from different insurance carriers. And just think about how much they are paying underwriters and loss control people to do all of that. And you're never giving them the business. I'm telling you, quoting a non-client is unethical. It hurts their position in getting the, the business. Um, and just remember, again, think of it from the underwriter's perspective. If you, as a competing agent, submit it, secure the market, you've almost hindered that underwriter's ability to write that business. 
it's almost as if they're upset with you because you secured the market rather than the incumbent. Look, I feel that it's the better, it's in the best interest of the insured to pick an agent, to pick an agent to represent them, the smartest agent to represent them to the insurance carrier. It's not the easiest thing to figure out. That's why insurance buyers, for example, hire me as their independent consultant to help them work through it. Like why should one agent represent represent travelers or Cincinnati or auto owners or whatever it is? Why should that agent right? They don't know. Again, they don't know. They don't know if the agent that has access to travelers has $50 million of premium with them or $500 of premium and is about to lose their appointment in a month because they haven't been placing any business with them. Oh, they can both represent travelers, but which one would be better to represent them to travelers? How about the one that actually has a really good relationship with the underwriter and not the one who's just out there blocking the markets, right? So, Stop offering quotes. It hurts the insured. It's not in your best interest. It's not in the agency's best interest. It's not in the carrier's best interest. It's not in the insured's best interest. Nobody gains, if you will, by just going and doing blanket quoting. So stop that nonsense. The second thing here is now develop your micro niche. Develop a micro niche. The riches are in the niches. The age of the insurance generalist has come and gone. The jack of all trades is dead. He is buried. Do not try to resuscitate him. What happens right now is the people who are actually specialized are the ones who win business. Be a micro niche expert. I usually tell my clients, pick one, maybe two, potentially three, but no more than that. Try to figure out which niches you can actually begin to specialize in and then just start taking over in that industry. Maybe you're going to go after furniture stores. Maybe you're going to go after um, importers, exporters from China. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're going to go after plumbing subcontractors, maybe just auto dealerships. See, the thing is, is that your insurance buyer wants to know that you understand their business. They want to know that you actually get them, that you understand where they're coming from, what their exposures are. Um, They want to know that you are an expert in their industry who also happens to have a tremendous understanding of the insurance marketplace for them, period, hands down. So when I first started out in insurance, I did a lot of just construction, mostly subcontractors. Um, But let me just tell you, like construction, it's not a micro niche. Construction is an industry. That's not a niche. Construction is an industry. Hospitality is not a niche. That's an industry. Healthcare is not a niche. That's an industry. Right? You know, food and beverage, that's an industry. So we need to actually get, get smaller because when you get smaller, you can actually then start to put together your messaging and your scripting and your services in such a way that those who are in, who are in your micro niche are going to see that you're the obvious choice. But when I started out, I was definitely just sort of all over in regard to construction. And then I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I began to narrow it down to the steel industry, mostly steel erection contractors and trust manufacturers and so forth. Uh, Even some architects and engineers that only did steel. Steel was my focus. In fact, I even became the endorsed agent for the National Trade Association for steel contractors. I knew what the price of steel was. I knew the difference between the steel from China and the steel from elsewhere. Right? I understood which insurance carriers were writing it and which weren't. When I sat down with a prospect, I would start out by saying, I saw the price of steel went up by three and a half cents today. Tell you what, game over. I have differentiated myself with just that one statement. I understand what, exactly what's happening with the price of steel. 
Look, you just, there's just so many things you can do when you are micro niching, but the one who is micro niche tends to get more sign broker of record letters. Generalists don't get a lot of BORs. They don't. The micro niche expert is the one who is seen by the insured as the obvious choice. They make more sense. They're the ones who get the sign broker of record letter. You can also begin creating services to that particular industry, right? You can create services to that particular industry. One of the services that I had back when I was a broker, and it kind of happened by accident, but it was really one of the first ways in which I noticed it, was that I had, I really only had, I think, one general contractor who was a client. And one of the biggest issues that they needed was someone to actually monitor the certificates of insurance for all of their various subcontractors, okay? Someone to actually go through and see what wording was given and what additional insured was given and was the right wording. But then also specifically, what kind of exclusions were on the roofing subcontractor's policy or the plumber or the landscaper or the masonry or the concrete or the electrical or the fencing, right? And so I just provided a certificate compliance program to the insured. And the insured paid us commission for the policies that we placed for him, but he also paid my agency that I worked for $30,000 a year, listen to me, $30,000 a year to actually monitor the certificates for his subs, to make sure that they were processing them correctly, that the right names were listed, that the right entities were listed. And I also then could figure out by just contacting them saying, send me a copy of the exclusions for your policy as well, because we need to be able to take a look at it. You know, it's amazing how many roofing subcontractors out there right now have a roofing exclusion on their general liability policy, right? They just don't even know. Again, they don't even know. And that's a huge exposure for a general contractor. So developing a micro niche, you can start to offer services to that particular industry that a generalist just, you know, frankly, simply can't even compete. So again, remember that first one, stop offering quotes to non-clients. The second one, the riches are in the micro niches, develop a micro niche. The third one is, frankly, it's probably the easier one to do, but it's probably the biggest one in regards to the mindset is start targeting larger accounts. It's not that much different or not much more information you have to do to go from quoting on a $5,000 commission account to a $20,000 commission account. I mean, you basically still have to do the apps. You got to get the loss runs. You got to put together the narrative and the claim summary. You got to decide which carriers that's going to go to. The only difference is that it's a few more autos. It's a few more you know, pieces of equipment and so forth. Just more sales, right? But the difference is significantly more revenue, significantly more commission. And please, as an insurance agent, don't talk about premium. Don't talk about premium. Talk about revenue, commission, and fees. You can't spend premium. Stop talking about it. Nobody cares. Insurance carriers talk about premium. As an insurance agency, you need to talk about revenue. How much revenue does it bring in? That's based upon a commission split, uh, the commission percentage, rather, from the carrier, and so forth. I would tell you, simply just multiply the size of account that you're going at by at least four, at least four, whatever it is that you're going at multiply it by four. On the last podcast episode, the first one, I talked about the minimum revenue threshold. In other words, come up with a minimum revenue threshold that you're going to have for the size of the account that you're going to go after. I have a client that was down in Florida. Their agency minimum revenue threshold was $25,000 of commission per account. That unless the account generated $25,000 of commission, they didn't pay the agent. It was a house account. That's a, that's a lot of money. 
but go after larger accounts. You're always going to make more money. You will always make more money. Let me say it again. You will always make more money when you're going after bigger accounts. The fourth one, target signed broker of record letters. Target BORs. It really, it really is that simple. Again, we're going to talk about quoting a lot because I don't have anything against quoting. Quoting sometimes just has to be done because there's plenty of times where you can't get the BOR. Carrier doesn't it doesn't allow broker of record letters at all, or the carrier will only accept broker of record letters within a certain time frame, or maybe you don't represent the carrier that they're currently with. Maybe they're with a direct writer. There's a lot of reasons why the broker of record letter doesn't work, or you simply can't get it. So I have nothing against quoting. I am trying to rid the entire insurance industry from blind quoting. That's what I'm trying to. Stupid, foolish quoting. We're trying to get rid of that because it doesn't do good for anybody. The broker of record letter is something that you need to go after. That's what you need to do. Instead of like thinking, okay, I set this appointment with ABC Construction Company. Instead of just meeting with them with the, the intent of making copies of their deck pages and getting their loss runs and so forth, let's just go into it with the expectation that I'm not quoting I'm going to uncover the pains. I'm going to present my timeline of services. I'm going to ask for the broker of record letter. That's the goal. The goal of the meeting is a signed broker of record letter. Maybe that should be it. Telling you that these four things, these four things, if you could just do these four things, you are going to be ultra successful and you will be well on your way to building a $1 million or more book of business. So here they are again. Stop offering quotes to non-clients. Develop a micro niche. The riches are in the niches. 12X, if you will, the size of the account you prospect, that is. Simply go after larger revenue-generating accounts. And then the fourth one is target signed broker of record letters. You do those things and you will be a card-carrying member of the 12X Club. That is www.12x.club. That's where the insurance agents are found who are going after broker of record letters. They're the ones who are building a $1 million or more book of business. And you know what? There's no reason why you can't do that as well. But it comes down to mindset. Are you strong in the head or are you weak-minded? Are you going to do what is necessary or are you going to be in the chicken business and just start winging it and throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks? Or are you going to be a professional? You put a line in the sand. You want to do business with Charles? This is what needs to happen. You want these workers' compensation claims management services that my agency provides to help you lower your mod, to help you get your claims under control, to help you get your safety and risk management in place? Sign this piece of paper because, unfortunately, I can't provide all of these services in the quality of that we that we provide them by doing it for people who have not yet become our clients. It would dilute the quality of the services that we provide to our current clients. And so we simply cannot go down the next step. We can't go down the road to the next step until we sign this broker record letter. It is a mindset. Do you have the mindset? You are either 12X or you're a generalist throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. I hope you are a 12X mindset producer. If not, we're going to work on it. My name is Charles Specht. I am the CEO of Permission Network Insurance Agency, where I teach insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the millionaire 
Insurance Producer Podcast.